0: Hello there, everyone can over here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always.
1: A long time ago, in the galaxy
0: far, far away. The Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions, vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the dark lords of the Sith. From the war-torn Frontlines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these
1: dark and deceptive times. Welcome to the 131st episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Crisis at the Heart. The uh, the finale to the Clovis arc. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. Along with me, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky.
0: What's up, Mike? Hey, we're getting ready to finish out. Yeah. This Clovis arc. I'm looking forward to that, and starting a new a new two part arc coming up. But yeah, let's let's jump right into it, man. What's uh what's going on in the news? I guess not much, huh?
1: Uh, not too much. There were some. I <laughs> uh, the Clone Wars got a couple of Emmy nominations. I. Uh, but yeah. other than that I think that uh I don't know it's it's uh it's, it's pretty standard. Uh, yeah. there's yeah. not a lot of clone wars news anymore what with you know <laughs> yeah. clone wars being done get this. And
0: everything. We'll get this. We got this These nominations and then if they get any wins we'll obviously hear about that. Yeah. I think they were nominated for four different uh, awards and it, it was kind of some some uh, I don't know not not out there like best director or best story or best uh i don't even know if they had one for uh best uh um voice actor or mm. anything like that it was all just uh kind of stuff that's behind the scenes type of stuff but still that's cool anyway you know i mean it's still getting recognized you know the show is done yeah uh, it's kind of cool to see it still get recognized and all the efforts of everybody that was involved with that they can still kind of hang their hat on that and go look we're still getting emmy nominations and the show's not even on anymore so that's yeah, cool yeah
1: absolutely yeah
0: yeah tons of you know there's tons of uh you know rebels news and some episode step seven stuff i mean all these rumors are going around about the title mike and yeah and all this other stuff but uh yeah as far as the clone wars man we're we're almost we're about halfway there and uh like I said, you're not going to see much news going around with the Clone Wars anymore. So, like I said, well, we might hear something about who won some, some uh, yeah. Emmy's, but that's about it. So yeah, I
1: mean, I think once we're uh, wrapped up for this season, which let's see, we've got a two part, and then is it a three part or a four? I think it's-, it's a four part arc. So we have six episodes left after this one, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're wrapped up. And once that happens. I don't think you'll hear any Clone Wars news from anybody. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. think we're the only ones still banging the drum. Everybody else seems pretty geared up for Rebels, but uh, as as we are, uh, I mean, oh, yeah. next week yeah. we'll that be def- recording a brand new Rebels podcast episode. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, it, it, everybody's kind of switching gears over to that. And we're getting ready for that. So,
0: right, we're in that transition phase, Mike. We're getting yeah. to the end, man. It's it's been a fun ride, and then we're we got some episodes to go. So I can't wait to finish out the. This season, I know we got some great stuff coming up, so I'm really looking forward to, it, especially that Yoda arc. I can't wait to watch yes. that. So, totally, uh, yeah. So let's get into this final Clovis arc. Let's do it. Yoda, my old friend, it is I, Qui Gon The voice I hear does not come from within, but speaks from beyond. You must complete what I could not. Come
1: to Dagobah. The answers you seek
0: are here. The creation of the Clone Army, kept secret from us. Cypher TSTs. Protocol 66 must not be discovered by the
1: Jedi. Yes, Lord Tyrannus. I'm afraid I'm trapped. You must face the gravest of Germans tomorrow.
0: Down! Thanks. It wasn't you I wanted to save. Stretching it even for you, sir. Rex, you're beginning to sound like Obi-Wan.
1: Hello, CT5555. No clone uses a number. I am fives. Call me fives. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone.
0: Alright, Mike, let's start it off with
1: Hold up one second. Oh
0: yeah. Before yeah. we
1: get into this, I Breaking. just realized we did miss one piece of news that I wanted oh. to hit on. Breaking um, news. So we're we're tricking everybody. They're all gonna have to listen through and then and then find out we have more news. Uh, they announced the hosts for star wars celebration uh james arnold taylor is going to be hosting the celebration stage yet again as he has for the last two or mm-hmm. sorry last two or just the last one last one uh i think
0: right i think it the year before that wasn't it um uh timor yeah it was
1: yeah it was tim last time uh c5 uh, yeah, so so James Arnold Taylor returning. Uh, David Collins will be hosting the digital stage, and then here's the huge news. This is why this is why we're talking about it. Uh, Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank will be hosting the behind the scenes stage. So that's really cool because yeah. uh, they obviously the hosts of uh, Rebel Force Radio, and uh, it's just it's really cool to see Lucasfilm embracing the podcast community. Right. Um, as yeah. as everybody knows, uh, our hundredth episode was a live podcast from Star Wars Celebration Six uh, back in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, um, so uh, they really they really do embrace uh, the fan community, and having uh, Jimmy and Jason host the behind the scenes stage is uh, is a is a really big deal, I think. So congratulations to them. On, uh, on getting that awesome opportunity, I can't wait to uh, to to uh, check out what panels they'll be hosting and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll be having a panel of our own uh, with the Rebels Podcast. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see on that. See. We don't we don't have quite as much pull as the <laughs> uh, as the Rebel Force yeah. Radio crew does, but uh, but hopefully, I, 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 I'm I'm. Uh, I'm optimistic that, yeah. that, that we can have another panel. It was you know, just great that So,
0: yeah, it was great that you got uh, you got us into yeah. celebration
1: five. I mean, that was a uh, two thousand twelve, wasn't it? Uh, five was twenty ten, and then we had our panel in two thousand and twelve. Or right? Was it two thousand twelve or two thousand thirteen? I don't I think it was, was two thousand. Was... Yeah, it was two thousand twelve. Was two thousand twelve? Yeah. Yeah, it was two years ago.
0: But yeah, no, but yeah, that was great. That. That, like you said, it, it's Lucasfilm and and yeah. the powers that be that do the celebrations recognize that this is a huge part of the Star Wars oh, yeah. community now. So they're starting yeah. to really do that. And That's it's really good. So yeah, great news and uh, looking for. Gosh, I'm so looking, so looking forward to that, man. We're less yeah. than a year away now. So good stuff.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be good stuff. So I just had to I just had to throw that in and give yeah. our uh, our fellow podcasters the uh, the props. That's uh, J- Jason and Jimmy of Rebel Force Radio. Uh, you guys listening to this? Everybody knows who Rebel Force Radio is, right? When course. you put in Star Wars podcast, they're the they're the guys that, that come up first.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. All okay. Right. Well, let's uh, let's let's uh, start right. up this recap.
0: Let's do it. Here's a crisis at the heart. A Republic diplomatic cruiser touches down on a landing platform outside the Banking Clan's main vault on Scipio, escorted by gunships. Rush Clovis and Padme Amidala er, emerge from the cruiser flanked by Clone Commander Thorne and several of his troops. A separatist delegation led by Senator Beck Loise greets them. Clovis allows Amidala and Loise to accompany him into the main vault to witness the transfer of power but he declares that no military forces are allowed inside the neutral zone. The clone troopers and commando droids must wait outside in separate garrisons. Inside the rotunda hall of the main vault the Mune Judge rules that the Core Five are guilty of embezzlement. He sentences them to prison and instates Rush Clovis as the new head of the banking clan under the guidance of the Mune government. Rush restates that he just wants to return order and stability to the banks and seeks no personal control or power. So, Mike, we left the last uh, episode mm-hmm. uh, kind of in the same spot. Clovis is getting nominated, and I was more concerned of of. You know the separation of uh, Anakin and Padme—that was like the main thing that I got out of the last episode. It was yeah. like, wow, you know, was this it? But it turns out in this episode, no, they do get back together, like you said, and, and see each other one more time. But, but
1: um,
0: yeah, they're back. You know, they're on. Scipio Clovis is here. He's ready to take over. And there's a couple of things that I got out of this episode, and we'll get into it later about the Mune, the Mune government, and the Munes in general, and. Uh, Clovis, you know he, he's he's kind of he's not necessarily a bad guy. He just caught he just gets caught between a rock and a hard place in this <laughs> in this whole thing, you know. And, I, and it's hard to see him as a quote unquote you know bad guy. He just makes a couple of bad decisions and he thinks he can handle it. Yeah, and we find out that no, he's 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 way out of his league in this thing. So, uh, but no, we start out here on Scipio on Mike and uh, the Munes. I was gonna ask, I was gonna say this about the Munes too. It seems, Mike, that they are not like we. We saw them in Episode Two in that one scene with Dooku, and he all meets with the Separatists, and you see the Munes there. I wonder if this was this Core Five was supposed to be in Episode Two. I mean, is this the same type of people? Because it seems like the Munes are not a bad species. They just had a couple of bad guys that were in control of this this bank thing. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, the banking clan are kind of seen. Uh, initially, back in the day, as, as members of the, the separatists. But as we find out throughout the course of this and in other EU material, and that sort of thing, the, the banking clan's actually pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I think in episode two, what you're seeing is a member of the banking clan stating that, the, that they'll support the separatists. But, um, it's actually really cool because this past week, uh, on, on game of Thrones, mm-hmm. they had, uh, they mentioned this, this place called the iron bank. They find we finally got to see it. Um, I guess it might be spoilers. I don't think any of this is really spoilers though. And it's, it's a very similar thing where it's like, there's a war raging and the iron bank is lending money to kind of everybody. Um, because at the end of the day, they don't really care who wins the war, who loses the war. Mm-hmm. They just care if they balance the books, right? Um, yeah. As we found with this Star Wars storyline, with, with during the Clone Wars, they're not balancing the books. They're taking advantage of this war to uh, to, to embezzle and, and try and get away with something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, amidst all the chaos and all of the, the borrowed money and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think I just think that there's a funny thing about this because people gripe and groan about the prequels and say that they're far too political. (laughs) And then a show like game of Thrones comes along, which is more political. right? Right. Um, and I really, I think if you, if you, um, divorce both things from their, uh, on screen portrayals, and you just go strictly with plot and story. I don't think that they, the prequels are that far off from a lot of what's happening in Game of Thrones. Like the the, uh, the level of sophistication and cleverness in the story is is equal. Um, there are some issues with the prequels and some some you know I, I sort of mediocre performances. I don't think that anybody does a really bad job except for maybe Jake Lloyd. Uh, in episode 1 but other than that like i yeah, think a that, kid. yeah he, he was he was a he was a kid and, and when you've got george lucas saying yeah. uh and then you Bastard. say yippee <laughs> you know and then the kid said yippee he did what he was told yeah. um but i other than that like i think and and from some actors you get really great performances but other than that i think that you're getting a very similar uh, like kind of content and mm-hmm. this story and how how uh, many similarities there are between this and that and then both of those stories, uh, Game of Thrones and the Clone Wars, and how they relate to reality uh, is all is all very interesting I think mm-hmm. um, and and it's a it's a cool look at it and uh, and obviously where we end up with this finding out that Palpatine. Once again, yeah, he's just manipulated this whole thing. The whole... Ev- both sides yeah. um, Genius. are, are Genius. at his mercy. And yeah. the thing that I love is that you put Dooku at the head of the, the the Separatists, and so everybody assumes that the Separatists are evil. But what we find out is that the Separatists aren't evil at all. There are some Separatists who are less than uh, uh, moral, but right. we, we know... Tarkin is on the side of the Republic. He's less than moral. He's no different than, than Admiral trench. Right. So uh, this storyline is another one of those stories that takes us away from the, 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 the war and lets us see the political side of things. And what we see is, um, later on, we'll see when, when the separatist representative is killed, that uh, by Padme, uh, right, kind yeah. of in a way, yeah. Uh, really by Dooku, but in a way, um, she is she's genuinely distraught because the taking of any life is is tragic to her, right? It, regardless of sides, and uh, I'm sure well, his name's probably in, in here somewhere, but I, uh, yeah. he the 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 Separatist representative is very
0: DeCloise, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's on the same side, right? Like 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 they both want the same thing. They both want the banks to remain neutral and mm-hmm. for Clovis to be a good representative of both sides, right? For him to be neut- neutral and not not to choose sides, but to to remain impartial. So I don't know. I, I just think that it's a really cool. It it, it goes back to the title of, of a previous uh, episode of the Clone Wars, uh, "Heroes on Both Sides,", Both sides. which mm-hmm. harkens back to Episode Three, where we find out you know it's not really a cut and dry situation. There's not they're not nobody is actually evil with the exception of the Sith, right? Like they are, obviously. Do- uh, Dooku and Palpatine are manipulating everything. Right. in order to get power and, and and control and all of these sorts of things but the war is between two different ideologies and neither one is right neither one is wrong the the senate is corrupt right the separatists are absolutely right mm-hmm. so it's it's uh I don't know, it's just interesting when when a story that seems like it's not really about the war informs so much more of it and i think if if Star Wars fans who have maybe written off the Clone Wars or written off the prequels could get over themselves a little bit, step back and just watch it for the content and not, not be so critical and not be, uh, as, uh, like a little bit jaded and cynical as they are towards the prequel era. I think you would find like, there's tons of great stuff, you know, uh, right. But I mean, that's nothing new. That's nothing new coming from us. That's we've, we've been saying this. We've been banging this drum for six years, right? So yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, g- I'll continue here. Okay. Uh, Clovis settles into his new office in the spire at the top of the main vault fortress. As he takes in a majestic view of Scipio of the Scipio Mountains, he is startled by the sudden holographic appearance of Count Duku. Duku congratulates Clovis on his achievement but threatens to expose their partnership to the Republic unless Clovis shows favor toward the separatists. Russia is determined to keep the banks neutral and refuses to give in to the the Count's demands. Dooku counters by refusing to pay back any interest on the separatist loans, which will cause the banks to collapse unless Clovis raises Republic interest rates to compensate for the loss. Senators Amadala and, and uh, Loise, Louise, Loise uh, mm-hmm. appear before Clovis and four newly appointed MUNE bank leaders inside the main vault rotunda. Clovis' first decree is to raise the interest rates on loans to the Republic, which he claims is a necessary measure to stabilize the banks. Padme is shocked and vehemently objects, but Clovis departs without further explanation.
0: So this is where, Mike, I see that, you know, Clovis, he's just like, I don't know, maybe he's not as smart as maybe I thought he was, but he just gets manipulated like crazy here by by Dooku. And he actually thinks, like, you know, Clovis thinks that he can do this. And he's, you know, he tells, hey, I'm going to lead without prejudice. I'm going to make sure that everything is on the up and up and everything. And Dooku's like, no, 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 hold on a second, dude. (laughs) This is, and he kind of laughs. I think he laughs. Dooku laughs when he says, um, I think uh, uh, when he says the line about prejudice, Dookie laughs, he goes, no, I put you in that position. You're going to do what I want. Mm -hmm. You belong to me. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to raise the rates on the Republic and you're going to do nothing with the separatists. And they got this plan, and it's going to be all thrown at Clovis. You know, he's going to be the one behind the whole separatist thing. So they got this whole plan, like you said, Mike. It's it's working exactly how they wanted to. Yeah. And now Clovis is stuck, and you know he has no choice but to accept and, and try to. And he's it, going to he's try to work it out. Go ahead.
1: It seems really odd, right? Like uh, in in this next uh, chunk. I kind of hear a little bit about it where everybody is, especially the Jedi mm-hmm. are, are confused by it because right. they're like, why I don't understand Yeah. why he would do this. And right. then like what we find out is by the end of the episode, like I said, is that Palpatine's controlling all of this. Yeah. Like the only reason any of this happened is so that they could put Clovis in power and then manipulate Clovis, destabilize the the bank essentially, and have the Republic come in and take control of all of the galaxy's money. Yeah, right. It's beautiful. just beautiful. It's, it's so it's so incredible. I, yeah. I just I, I I love it. I, I think it's um, this is I've kind of been holding back, right? We haven't been able to talk about this part and mm-hmm. how genius Palpatine is. Because right. I didn't want to spoil it for you, because you kept going like, "I think, I think Palpatine maybe has something to do with this." And it's like, "Oh no, no, Palpatine has everything. He's got it all." Go, oh, come on, what, were, what yeah. was I thinking? Yeah, Duh. Um, and it just—it's so—it's so clever. It's so genius. It's such a great piece of writing. This is where the prequel era shines, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. when you look back at Palpatine's plan, it really is. Uh, uh, without fault, and any time that that something happens, this is what makes Palpatine the one of the greatest villains in all of fiction—not just Star Wars, but all of fiction. And this is why he outclasses uh, Thrawn at every turn. Mm-hmm. When something goes wrong, Palpatine readjusts, mm-hmm. and when he readjusts, he takes advantage. Right, uh, and to 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 uh, sort of. Uh, compare that to Game of Thrones like I did before. It's very similar to Tywin Lannister for people who watch that show. Like, every time something bad happens, something that wasn't part of the plan, that's used as an opportunity to create more power, more, like, it's not like uh, Thrawn in, in uh, in the Thrawn trilogy, where... It's really a lot of him... Like, he never makes a mistake in, in those stories, right? He knows what's going to happen for absolutely no reason because he's got the same omniscience that the author does, right? Mm-hmm. Which, to me... Like, this is why... I've talked about it before. This is why I hate Thrawn. Because there's nothing actually clever about his character. He never does anything smart. We see him playing hollow chess at the beginning of the first book, and and he makes some comment to to Pelion about how he's the uh, uh, a master strategist and a genius. Mm. And then that's supposed to somehow excuse him knowing what Luke Skywalker is going to do five steps ahead of what Luke Skywalker does. And it's like, how could he possibly know? Because he doesn't know any of what's going to happen in the interim, right? Mm-hmm. It's Palpatine doesn't know. I mean, he knows a little bit because... Of, you know, his ability to sense the future and that sort of yeah, thing oh, yeah, yeah. is precognition. But at the same time, whenever something goes sideways, he's there to say, Oh no, no, no. That's what I wanted to happen. Right? Like he, he, he looks at it and goes, you know what? This is even better than what I had planned. Let me use this. So I think we see it in twofold in this, in this story which is why it works so well because you see it in in the Padme uh, Clovis Anakin love triangle and mm. then you also see it with the banks right where it's this the love triangle with the banks between the separatists the Republican and the banking clan um, And he like like they 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 meld those two things together in this story so well they I mean I, the, the, the Padme, Anakin stuff is kind of wrapped up without really dealing with it, Um, but at the same time, what happened in the story was really interesting. I think, even though it it does kind of just get treated as a loose end, where you know we'll talk about it later. He rescues Padme, and then everything's fine, right? Right. But uh, it's like, but I don't know. I also think that that lends to Episode Three, where Padme has so many times just swept it under the rug. We'll mm-hmm. talk about it when, when we get there. But, okay. Yeah, uh, definitely. Go, go um, ahead read the next uh, chunk there.
0: On Coruscant, members of the Galactic Senate are outright outraged by the news, especially once they learn that the Separatists are not receiving a similar hike in rates. Yoda, Mace Windu, and Anakin Skywalker observe the turmoil in the Senate. They're at a loss to explain Clovis' actions. Yoda admits that Anakin may have been right to destroy. Distrust Clovis, but even Anakin believes there may be something else at work here. Chancellor Palpatine urges restraint until they learn the full extent of the situation. And you just said this, Mike. You were just talking yeah. about how Yoda and them they they can't figure out why and why now what's going on. But I I do like the fact Cause, that because it Yoda, makes
1: no sense. But. Yeah,
0: exactly. I and another thing I got too was that Yoda he he's starting to trust Anakin a little bit here. He goes, yeah, you yeah. might be right of what's going on. And I just wonder, you know, like, does he, Yoda, he goes, th- he thinks that Anakin's right. I just wonder if he knows, like, I don't know if it was this scene or another scene where he mentions uh, his, oh, no, it's in another scene. Another scene. Never mind. He okay. talks about uh, him and his feelings about Padme, and I think it's it's yeah. just a little later. We'll get to there. But, yeah, just the fact that Yoda... You know, is kind of giving Anakin a little bit of like, hey, man, you, you were right. You know, maybe we should listen to you more. But of course, Mace never does, uh, especially in Episode 3. Otherwise, things could have been a lot different. But let's go ahead and continue, Mike.
1: Uh, a Separatist attack fleet emerges from hyperspace and cruises towards Scipio. From the Bridge of the Command Dreadnought, Count Dooku orders his tactical droid to begin the attack. A Separatist invasion immediately following Clovis' rise to power will make it seem as though Rush was working with the Separatists all along. At the main vault landing platform, the clone troopers spot the incoming ships on their scanners. Commander Thorne calls Senator Amidala on his comlink to warn her of the attack, then rallies his men for battle. The clones try to mount a defense, but the droids have them caught out in the open. Vulture droid starfighters and hyena bombers strafe the landing pad destroying the Republic cruiser and gunships before they can get off the ground, with many clones still inside. Droid gunships land on the platform, deploying groups of super battle droids and commando droids to finish off the remaining clone troopers. Commander Thorne holds his ground, blasting as many droids as he can with uh, with his rotating laser cannon, but the enemy numbers are too great. The droids close in around Thorn and shoot him dead. With the platform secured, Count Dooku's solar sailor comes in for a landing. Dooku emerges and steps over the fallen clones and droids as he walks briskly towards the main vault. Um, I One thing about this, because uh, I think this might be one of the last times we really see commando droids before mm-hmm. the end of the season. Because um, we don't see a lot of battle droids, a lot of separatists in the Yoda arc or in this, this next uh, Jar Jar Mace mm-hmm. Windu arc because um, they kind of they deal with other stuff um, the commando droids are this awesome thing they made battle droids scary again right or scary in the first place because they were never really scary even though they were meant to be right and even more so than super battle droids were in episode 2 or, or destroyers or any of the, the droids have been like those, those commando droids are intense and yeah. deadly and although I am not one for them going back and modifying the the movies any more than they already have, um, the 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 prequels have been largely left alone. And I think one thing that would be really cool is if they went back and uh, and and in Episode three they added in some of the commando droids to like the the battle at uh, at Utapau mm-hmm. and uh, and and in a in a few. Moments in the movie, just so that you could see, oh, there are these really deadly battle droids that that they started using during the Clone Wars. There's a reason why, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 Republic has been waging this war because the the battle droids, other than their superior numbers, seem to be kind of yeah. easy for oh, Clone yeah. Troopers to take out, right? So yeah, no problem. I would love to see them add some into Episode Three. That would be really cool.
0: Now the the. You're talking about the commando droids, is that what you
1: said? Yeah, yeah, the commando. Ones.
0: The ones that are on the bridge.
1: I uh, the ones that they no no you're thinking of the the ones with the with the staffs. Those are the guard droids or whatever. I'm, talking I'm thinking about
0: like, of I'm thinking of the assassin droids. And then there's the assassin droids, and you got okay. the droids that are on the bridge with Dooku. Um, uh, I, I, I thought those were the commando droids, but I, I'm, I could be wrong.
1: No, those ones are, those, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're just called guard, guard droids or something like that. But it's the, 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 they're the battle droids that have like the smaller, like they have the more squat nose, mm-hmm. the more rounded head, but, and then like sort of a, a bit of a, they're kind they somewhere in between super battle droids, which are kind of like tanks. Right. And then. Uh, the the regular battle droids which are just infantry right mm-hmm. right okay they're kind of like the marines of the battle droids like they're quick they're fast they're efficient mm-hmm. um and they're deadly right because those the the commando droid' or the the super battle droids are slow yeah right? they a slow big
0: so, yeah like things, they're just right? they're
1: just kind of meant to be um heavies that they right. that distract right. Mm-hmm. But um but those commando ones are, are really the deadly ones. They're right. Kinda, they're that darker brown and, and they've got that that different the different head sculpt. But Right. Um I just I it'd be really cool if they added some of those in.
0: Oh yeah. And well and let's talk about this scene because like you said, they were all over the place, battle droids, super battle droids. And Wow, talk I mean the the this the uh the Republic is just severely overmatched. I mean they got just demolished on this platform mm-hmm. here and and it was actually quite a a serious scene with um what was it uh commander what was the command thorn uh commander thorn i mean he's getting he's got he gets, he gets shot a couple times he's still going at it you know he's still battling so either he's just tough or hey that armor really does work you know mm-hmm. he gets he gets hit a few times and and it's quite a scene uh as he finally finally goes down at the very end and and you get a good shot of it it's just like whoa that was kind of a crazy violent uh, violent action right there but they just get decimated wiped out and like you said we, like we talked about earlier you know here's dooku and he says quote he's making Clovis look like he's a separatist so this is this is part of their plan here of blaming everything on Clovis. um Let's continue. In the Chancellor's office on Coruscant, Anakin, Padme, and Masamita watch a holographic transmission from Padme as she trans, uh, as she reports on the Separatist invasion of Scipio. Palpatine orders her off the planet immediately, but she says she is trapped. A commando droid enters the picture and grabs her, uh, and the signal goes dead. Palpatine orders Masamita to call for an emergency session of the Senate, and he tasks Anakin with uh, resolving a crisis on Scipio.
1: Our garrison has been attacked by the Separatists, and it appears they are staging an invasion of Scipio. An invasion? What do they hope to achieve?
0: With this news, the Senate will vote immediately to attack Scipio.
1: It appears war has already come to Scipio.
0: I want you off that planet immediately.
1: I can't. Surely you can get to a ship. General Skywalker, I'm afraid I'm trapped. Oh. <laughs> Let me go! <gasps> Invoke an emergency meeting of the Senate. There is
0: no time to lose. I feel it is only right
1: that you should handle this matter, my boy. A lot will be entrusted to you.
0: Well, Mike, and, and here's the scene that... It's, I just Here it is again with Palpatine, right? He comes in and he says, "Hey, Anakin, this is what I want you to do." And you know he's smiling, he's grinning from ear to ear as he walks away. The camera uh, kind of points in his face, and he has a smirk on his face, right, Mike? And he's just he's just loving it. You know, he's got the smile that he's trying to hide. Like, yes, more more manipulation of Anakin here. And the other question I have is. You know, you talked about precognition with him, with uh, Palpatine, right, Mike, or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I wonder if he already knows of the relationship, or just that there he, he senses that that there's something going on with him, and that's why he's pushing Anakin to do all this stuff with Padme. She's always in danger. It's always weighing on Anakin. You know, emotionally, it's taking its toll. It's you know breaking him down. You know, just time after time just a little bit more breaking 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 down so i just wonder if you think palpatine has an idea that uh his little romance with or his wedding actually his wife is Pat, what do you think
1: i uh, like if, if he knows about it i think yeah. he knows i don't think that anakin has told him right um like because anakin's told him other things like about about the 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 sand people and that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. I don't. I I do think that that Palpatine knows, but I think Palpatine knows because Palpatine knows everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like,
0: right. He's yeah, uh, yeah. he's
1: got spies and he's got he has ways of finding out, right? So, um, I don't think that Anakin and Padme mm-hmm. ever really do anything to hide it, as so much as like never being seen in public together, mm-hmm. but. Anakin comes back from the war, and whenever he does, he's he's with Padme, right? Like right. whenever he's on on Coruscant, he's with Padme. So I don't think that it takes much for Palpatine to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as we as we heard in the last episode with with Obi Wan uh, and his conversation, it's yeah. not that these sorts of relationships are uncommon mm-hmm. in the Jedi Order. And the feelings are not um, unexpected. It happens. It's yeah. what you what you do about it, right? So yeah. I do think I think that, that if anything, Palpatine is there, sort of manipulating it, pushing them together more often than not. Because that's what I think yeah. that to yeah. his advantage later, right? So yeah,
0: definitely. That's why I think he does that all the time. Is he's yeah. always pushing Anakin to to especially yeah. help her. Yeah, because the more danger she's in and the, the more chances of her dying is that chance that he's going to just lose it like he ultimately does so um, but yeah I just I saw that I had to ask that go ahead I think uh, go ahead Mike your turn uh, t- t- t-
1: sorry where are we we are at battle droids uh, ba- sorry battle droids drag Padme into Clovis's office where Rush stands with Senator <laughs> Loise and Count Dooku when Padme refuses to join their cause Dooku orders the droids to arrest her. Loise objects, and Padme grabs a battle droid's blaster. She points it at Dooku, but he takes control of the weapon with the force, causing her to shoot and kill Senator Loise. Dooku declares that the Confederacy is in control of the banks, and thanks Clovis for his role in this plot. Padme is saddened, believing that Clovis' newfound idealism was a lie all along. Rush insists he had no choice. Yeah, this was
0: a scene that I really enjoyed too. Dooku doing what he does and yeah. using the Force to have Padme kill the wise. I was like, whoa, that was nice. But yeah, here's what I'm talking about as far as Clovis. He's, you know, I don't necessarily, he obviously didn't want this to happen like this. You know, he wanted yeah. to help. He was he was generally, like Padme said, when he fixes his mind on doing something, he does it and he, and he puts 100% into it. But he, he just got caught in this and, and there's no way out now and he's, he's, Basically, like I said, he's between a rock and a hard place. Now there's nowhere to go. Uh, In the Senate, Palpatine tells the Assembly that Count Dooku and the Separatists have manipulated them by using Clovis as a puppet to facilitate the invasion of Scipio. Alarmed senators demand an immediate republic invasion before their entire economic system falls into enemy hands. Palpatine abides by the will of the Senate and launches a mercy mission to Scipio led by General
1: Skywalker. Uh, at the Republic staging grounds, Anakin confers with Yoda and Mace Windu before he departs. Yoda advises Anakin to let go of his selfishness if he is to see clearly in this most important mission. So that's what you were talking about before, yeah, that, there's exactly. that. Yeah. Yoda clearly knows that something's going on. Yeah. Um, and he, says,
0: th- he says, Mike, he says, great emotions you will find on Scipio. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah great emotions i mean he's he's dialed into what anakin's going to go ahead you're going to say this, right? is,
1: this is my thing is that i think that that the council or at least those that are close to anakin know that he has a relationship of some kind with padme mm-hmm. um i think i think much like padme sweeps a lot of things under the rug i think the council does too i think the council lets anakin do a lot because he's the chosen one mm-hmm. the fact that he was trained in the first place is only because he's the chosen one. Uh, it's a there's a war going on and he is one of their most proficient warriors and and one of their better leaders. So he gets away with all of these different things because they're in the middle of a war. So I wouldn't be surprised if Yoda and Obi-Wan have had conversations saying, you know, he is really close to Padme. What what do we do about this? And mm-hmm. and I'm sure that Yoda just says, like, we can't tell him what to do because all that'll do is push him away. Mm-hmm. But we have to guide him and we have to let him know. Like we have to we have to impart wisdom as opposed to tell him what to do. So what you see is Obi Wan coming to him and saying, Your your emotions are too tied up in this and and Yoda saying you need to be careful because you're too emotional in this situation. Like yeah. you need to take a step back and see it objectively. You can't let your attachments fog things. Um, and as we saw last season with, with Obi-Wan and, and uh, the, the Satine storyline uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, Maul and Death Watch, um, Obi-Wan was able to do that. He's able to step back and, do what needs to be done, mm-hmm. even even moments after Satine dies, right? right. Like a- after she's murdered in front of him and dies in his arms uh, later in that episode. I just we just watched it on on Star Wars Day back on May the Fourth uh, with with some friends. We had a whole Obi Wan. Huh. We start we we watched A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. And then I ran my friends through like all of the best Obi Wan Clone Wars stuff. Like we started with nice. the, with the the Satine arc from season two, season two, I think, yeah. Um, and then we did the uh, the Darth Maul uh, when when we skipped the 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 Night Sister stuff with with Savage and went straight to the Darth Maul stuff, mm-hmm. and then we finished off with the Death Watch stuff from season five. And we watched all that on Star Wars Day. So it's all, like, right in my uh, in, in the forefront <laughs> of my mind.
0: Yeah. It's like a Rolodex. It's right there. Um, uh, let's continue here. As Dooku leaves the main vault and returns to his ship, he contacts Darth Sidious with an update from Scipio. Sidious tells Dooku that the Republic forces are on their way. Dooku informs his master that their deception was a success, and now it now appears that Clovis masterminded the Separatist takeover. Because of this treachery, control of the banks will be placed in the hands of the Supreme Chancellor.
1: Lord Tyrannus, the Republic fleet will be arriving shortly. Very good, my lord. Clovis has blindly played his part. It now appears he coordinated the entire
0: Separatist takeover.
1: And because of this treachery, the banks will be firmly placed under the control of the Supreme Chancellor.
0: There you go, Mike. And that's, wow. Yeah. Great. You know, there it is right there. I mean, he's telling us what is going to happen, part of his scheme all along. It looks like it's going to happen. I mean, we get to the end. We'll see what what really happens. But, man, like I said, just. This series and what it's done I mean, Palpatine was already a great one of the highlight characters of the prequel trilogy. And now to to all the stuff they put in the Clone Wars, I mean, geez, great. Like you said, not just best villain of, of sci-fi or whatever you want to say Star Wars, but I'm talking you're talking like you said, best villain, uh oh, top, yeah. top villain of, of all cinema. So great stuff. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Uh t- t- the Republic Fleet emerges oh no, I'm I'm back up. No, yeah, that's right. right. Sorry, hey, it's because the last one was the Separatist Fleet emerges. <laughs> uh, the the Republic Fleet emerges from hyperspace and engages the Separatist space forces around Scipio. Anakin, Captain Rex, and a squad of five hundred and first troopers ride in a gunship headed for the surface. And Clone Pilot Hawk leads a fighter squadron that will give them air support when they land. Aboard the Separatist Dreadnought, Dooku orders his fleet to withdraw. His tactical droid protests that they still have droid forces engaged on the surface, but Duku orders them to be abandoned. The separatist ships break away from the re- Republic cruisers and jump into hyperspace.
0: Uh, start off here with some more pretty pretty good uh, space battles. Ends up with a, with a nice space battle. Got some classic uh, uh, was it uh, Y-wing sounds. Yeah. going through there uh, just like we've come to love from this from this series some good battles and hey Dooku and here's the difference right here Dooku says hey we've come what we've come to do we're good yeah. <laughs> leave everybody else behind who cares about them in the ground we're out of here we, they've served our purpose you know let's let's get out of here so I thought that was just to see the difference between Republic who would never leave one person behind here's Dooku leaving like a whole you know whole battalion behind or whatever you want to call him. He's leaving everybody yeah. behind. So. Uh, in Clovis's office, battle droids still hold Padme captive as she tries to make Rush see the error of his ways. He foolishly believes he can fulfill his vision and take control of the banks back from Dooku. Immune controller contacts Clovis to inform him that, that the Republic fleet has arrived and that Count Duku and the separatists have fled the planet, leaving him to fend for himself. Republic gunships and Z-85 headhunters enter Scipio's atmosphere and approach the city. The escort fighters break off to engage the vulture droids and hyena bombers in the air, while the gunships land outside the main vault, unloading Anakin and his clone troopers. Anakin orders Rex and his men to retake the landing platform. Then he cuts through a line of super battle droids and sprints towards the main vault to find Padme. And you want to finish mike and we'll we'll talk about this last section here
1: yeah let's do it all right Uh, rush watches in despair as the battle rages outside the window padme urges him to turn himself in the elevator to the office opens and anakin dashes into the room cutting down the battle droids that hold padme clovis panics and pulls a blaster holding padme as a human shield in front of him he insists that he is an innocent pawn in all of this and that Dooku and the Separatists are the real masterminds behind this plot. Anakin doesn't believe him and orders Clovis to stand down. Outside, Hawk shoots down a vulture droid that was in hot pursuit of one of his fellow clone pilots. The wreckage of the droid ship crashes into the base of the spire, just below Clovis's office. The room shakes violently and the whole spire begins to fall, and Anakin, Clovis, and Padme slide across the floor toward a treacherous fall into the mountains below. Anakin secures his footing and grabs onto Clovis and Padme, each with one hand, but he cannot hold on to both of them for long. Clovis tells Anakin to let him go, but Padme protests. Clovis apologizes uh, to her friend sorry, Clovis apologizes to her before letting go and plunging to his death. Anakin pulls Padme up and they climb to safety. Back in the Senate, Nick's card officially blames Rush Clovis for the disruption that had occurred. In the interests of stability, he cedes control of the Banking Clan to the office of the Supreme Chancellor. With humility, Palpatine takes on this newfound responsibility. He assures a prosperous and secure future, and he is now more powerful than ever. Banking Clan, it was Rush Clovis who was behind the corruption
0: that almost caused our collapse. In hope of a better tomorrow, we cede control of the banks to the office of the Chancellor of the Galactic Republic. It is with great humility that I take on this immense responsibility. Rest assured, when the Clone Wars end, I shall reinstate the banks as we once knew them.
1: But... During these treacherous times, we cannot in good conscience allow our
0: money to fall under the manipulations of a madman like Count Dooku,
1: or Separatist Control again. May there be prosperity and stability in all our Republic lands. May our people be free and safe. Long live the
0: all right mike it, wow i mean like we said earlier genius move like he always has been like he's done many times in this in this saga genius move but let's talk about it at the beginning here um of this particular section anakin uh he comes in clovis says you know like i said he's he's pretty much given up on everything you know like i said he, he de- not, not necessarily was a bad guy he was trying to do the right thing it just it just worked out and he panics takes Padme hostage, which is a bad thing to do. You know, that's going to turn out bad. And then, uh, you know, at the end, after the, the, the uh, tower kind of tumbles and they're hanging there and he's holding on to both of them, I was, I was expecting Anakin to use the Force in some way. I don't know if his ability is not quite there. I thought for sure he was going to use the Force and get Padme to where she needed, needed to be and then yeah. kind of deal with Clovis. I, I figure he's, that he's powerful enough to be able to do that. I've seen him do other things before. I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. But for whatever reason, he didn't. He just tried to hold on. And Clovis does the... I guess he... I don't know if it's the honorable thing, but he realizes that there's no way... This is like a classic sentiment thing, right? He's. He realizes that there's no way that all of them are going to be saved. So what does he do? He sacrifices himself yeah. to save Padme. So at the end, he does the, the noble thing and, and tries to make up for all the crap that he's caused. But... Uh, so Padme and, and Anakin are safe and everything's cool. And then, we, of course, we get the great scene with with Palpatine saying that, hey, you know, the banks are going to be under my control now. And every – oh, man, it's just genius move. Great scene. Good finish to a, a decent, you know, quote-unquote political sty- type of uh, trilogy episodes here. So, yeah, good stuff. What do you think, Mike?
1: Yeah, I – you know of all of the uh the the political episodes that they ever did on the series this mm-hmm. is the best one yeah uh they 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 finally did it they finally pulled it off they did a padme story about politics they had the right balance of everything it had the right balance of drama um political intrigue uh, action and and uh maybe could have used a little bit more humor but mm-hmm. but uh, but other than that, it, it's solid, Re- really really good. Yeah. Um, definitely not one of my favorite arcs. No, but. no. But but like you said, but, for political stuff, I mean, it had some yeah.
0: action in there. It had some some. I mean, the stuff with Palpatine, genius stuff. Yeah. So yeah.
1: My my biggest problem with this arc is that it doesn't belong in season six. It belongs right. in season five. Yeah. Still, am yeah, uh, Still
0: trying to get used to that. Huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It really it really does belong. Uh, before. The uh, the the Death Watch, mm-hmm. the Darth Maul Death Watch arc, right? Because that I don't know. I I just think I think if you have Obi Wan talking about Satine the way that he does in the in the second episode of this arc, and then you have what happens in that story happen uh, with the Death Watch with Satine dying, then I don't know the 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 payoffs just there a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And uh, it, it seems like that's where it was originally meant to be. So when they release that official chronology, uh, you know, it might be official by their standards, but F level canon, uh, which is still <laughs> a thing, cannon. they can wipe out the EU, but they can't wipe out F level canon. You know, F1, yeah. um, this this story comes right before mm-hmm. the Death Watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I would. Yeah. That's where I would place these two the uh, the sorry these three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz they they just feel really out of place in in right in this season. I can see that, Although yeah. the the one thing that that does place them well is that everything this season seems like a a ramp up towards episode 3 mm-hmm. and this is just one more piece of Palpatine's puzzle right yeah uh, where he, he gains control of the banks. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. And and, and just I just had some written down here as well, as far as that end battle, too. Yeah. I mean, they, they use some of the classic stuff, like the targeting system of I, I, uh, the, uh, the 95 Headhunters. I don't know if you remember yeah. seeing that, the targeting system, and, and just some of the music, too. Where there's some more cues to the uh, yeah. classic... Uh, classic soundtrack so that's good stuff. Hey, before we get to Mike the next episode, we got a couple emails we wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, yes. Uh, finally. Yeah, we got some emails so this is great. Uh the first one is from Adrian. He says, "Hey guys, I keep meaning to send feedback in, but then I don't. Lazy, busy, both, I guess. But I wanted to let you know that I uh, really appreciate that you're doing each show weekly. Many others are doing the whole arc all at once and even worse bunching them all together. I enjoy the individual episodes." getting reviewed since it allows for more examination of the story elements. Not to mention, it gives me a reason to watch them again and also lessens the time until Rebels. I kind of wish uh, Disney, Lucasfilm, from Netflix would have released the individual episodes weekly or at least one, uh, released one arc per week is basically what he's saying. That would have been more in the spirit of the type of serials that inspired Star Wars. Also, the dr- uh, dr- drastic tonal shift between arcs seems more normal when you watch week to week. I found myself having trouble getting into each arc of season six as I was still processing the previous arc. I found I needed to be in the right mood whereas the season one through five I was always hungry for the next episode. Food for thought I guess. Thanks uh, uh, later and thanks for all the great podcasting. May the fourth be with you and that is from Adrian. So first of all Adrian thank you for writing in. I know in this day and age it's like do, do you really want to take the time to write in so we appreciate you sending in your thoughts yeah. we always appreciate email and uh yeah this is a thing we we talked about i mean we've been doing this show by for many many years yes. and we've always done one episode it's it, in its own podcast because like, there is there's a lot of things to talk about you can break down there's lots of things yeah. to break down so we've always liked doing it that way
1: yeah, well, every episode, every episode deserves to get its due. I mean, in season one, there might be a couple of times where I, yeah, where I did two episodes, but I didn't bunch them together. I went through like we went through scene by scene to to break it down because each episode, man, you know, if we're gonna do something like the uh, the the droid arc from season five and break down every single episode of that, yeah, then I, yeah. uh, you know, we 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 can that's the bare minimum we can do for everything else because uh, it would have been nice to group those together and deal with that at one time. <laughs> but I, but yeah, I, I didn't see any benefit other than, uh, I don't want to say laziness because I don't think that, that anybody else was being lazy. I think that, that um, others who, who do Clone Wars commentary we're looking at it as, well, everybody's going to binge watch this anyways. Mm-hmm. So let's give them, let's give them as many episodes as we can as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for Matt and I, and we discussed it a lot, actually, we went, as soon as the announcement was made, we had, a, we had several conversations about it saying, okay, what are we going to do? Do you want to deal with it one arc at a time? Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the end of the day, what it came down to is exactly what what Adrian says in uh, in his email. Uh, <clears throat> the whole point is that when I mapped it out, as soon as we got that episode list, mm-hmm. when I mapped it out, I was like, "Well, this is going to carry us right into August." Right. Um, I, I actually I've got my schedule open right now because I was just talking to uh, to some other uh, hopeful, hopefully uh, some guest uh, co-host that will be coming on for other episodes of the Rebels podcast. Um we have our our season 6 wrap up which will actually be the final episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast um uh scheduled for August 4th. So like that I think will bring us right up to Rebels. I think Rebels yeah. will be yeah. sometime that month, uh if not September. So we'll be within sort of the three to four week range mm-hmm. on on Rebels, and uh, and that's the whole point is that we really wanted to give uh, our listeners and Star Wars fans something to do over the summer, and that is other than just speculating about Rebels, which we will be doing. I mean, we've got another episode scheduled uh, for next week, and uh, and another one in in June and then July, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be doing plenty of rebels speculation and talk over the summer, but we will also be doing a lot of Clone Wars talk. So um, every episode deserves its due, especially when the season as a whole. I'm really excited for for you, Matt, to see uh, the Disappeared Part One and Two mm-hmm. um, coming up, Okay. because it's uh, I do think it's it's actually a really great arc um, with with Jar Jar and uh, and Mace Windu but i uh, every single episode in this season is good mm-hmm. there isn't a single one that i look at and go oh i really don't want to do an episode about that every single one of these episodes all 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 episodes are top notch they mm-hmm. they they're, they're all excellent especially those first four and those last four mm-hmm. they are some of the best episodes of the series and uh, and and they they deserve to be to be talked about in the same depth and and breadth that we have every other episode of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, we're and the the shameful thing is that we're gonna finish up just shy of 150 episodes <laughs> of of Frontlines. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll figure out a way to get us right to that 150 mark. But it doesn't look like it. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna going to so close close. but not close enough to go oh we'll just do three more episodes Mm -hmm. right i like i think i think we're we're gonna hit about 140 and then we're done Mm -hmm. but i yeah Mm. um i i I just i i I didn't see a point to not talking about every episode no no
0: it's it's been our formula and it's and it's been working so and he talks about these tonal shifts and i haven't obviously notice that because i am taking these one at a time so every time i'm yeah. watching it i have i've had the, at least a week span to, to kind I of. i mean it's it's so yeah. funny
1: because you you've taken them one week at a time mm-hmm. uh, sometimes with a break in between and i did the opposite and watched the whole season in one day yeah with right. no breaks no breaks <laughs> no breaks <laughs> yeah um and you know what like I, like i understand where he's coming from and maybe and that's that's a that's a totally valid point personally, it doesn't bother me. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I kind of like that you start off with a very serious, very intense story. You move into uh, a more interesting um, thoughtful story for the second one. Because it's definitely more uh, more cerebral for the Clovis arc. Then you get some good comedy in the, in the third arc. And then you finish with the spiritual side of Star Wars. Yeah. Which... Uh, the the beautiful thing about that the awesome coincidence there is no coincidence you know it's the force uh the the awesome part is that we started the series on a spiritual note with Yoda mm-hmm. uh in, in ambush and we we end the series on a spiritual note with uh with the uh the the Yoda arc uh in season 6 and it's this great sort of bookending of the of the complete clone wars um, so I think that, that the tonal shifts actually uh, benefit the series um, and it's one of those things that the show that the Clone Wars has always been able to do that I think um, it's a double edged sword on, on one side Rebels is going to miss that because I think we're going to be with a core cast dealing with the, the same sort of uh, uh, tone the whole time but at the same, at the other side of it, there is consistency, right? So mm-hmm. it's 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 six of one, half dozen the other, right? But um, but for the Clone Wars, it was definitely used to their advantage. They were able to flip from one type of story to another, uh, and sometimes not to the best effect. We we mentioned the the droid arc from season five, right? But a lot of the time, Shadow Warrior being a great example. Um, where you can pop in and have Jar Jar in an episode and have a little bit of comedy lighten things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Youngling arc from Season 5 is another example of, of being able to switch tone almost to a completely different series and uh, and and do that. Um, so, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I think it's a great thing that Clone Wars has been able
0: to do. Yeah, but. definitely. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Adrian, for that. And uh, yep. Don't, don't hesitate to do it much. again. You want to read the, uh, the other one we have?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I... I Hi Mike and Matt, been listening to your coverage of the Clovis arc and really enjoying it. I must admit that I have only viewed the season 6 episodes once, and am currently going through the whole series in chronological order, halfway through season 4 at the moment. Anyway, just a couple of thoughts about the Clovis arc, which I really loved. Firstly, for a political arc, it was stellar. The team really managed to bring together the political aspect with action. The chase scene with Embo on the snowboard was like something out of a James Bond movie, and I was riveted and literally cheering as they went down the run which reminded me of a mashup of the pod race on Tatooine and the Death Star Trench Run set on on Hoth Mm -hmm. I must mention also that the artwork on Scipio was breathtaking beautiful mountains and, and the skies were incredible a visual feast for the eyes the intrigue between Anakin and Padme was painful to watch I had tears in my eyes sorry excuse me I had tears in my eyes when she said that they needed some distance and shouldn't see each other for a while. Yet it all explains so much about Anakin and his fall to the dark side. The whole series of the Clone Wars has shown how Anakin has progressed further and further toward the dark side, thus negating the statement some people have made that his fall in Revenge of the Sith is too abrupt. I must admit also that certain aspects of the story have slipped my mind. Like the Core si- 5 siphoning off money. Yet the overarching scheme of Dooku and Palpatine was masterful, to say the least. When I realized how intricate a plot they had devised, and the webs they had spun, I literally stood up and started shaking my <laughs> fist at Dooku for his deviousness and duplicity. Sidious really figured that one out, and the end was brilliant. In this manner, I believe I was more interested in the macro plot than the micro, and, and believe that is how it was intended. The siphoning off of funds was merely a MacGuffin, so that the Republic and ultimately Palpatine could take control of the banks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could go on and on, but that is a short summary of my thoughts. Look forward to hearing your latest, your last episode of on the Clovis Ark, and I leave you with a photo from my recent trip to Paris. And he uh, he he included a, a picture of a uh, of a, a building that i guess the building is named rue clovis <laughs> um which yeah. i think uh, going back that clovis is a, a like a french name like it was intended to be reminiscent right mm-hmm. um george lucas always kind of pulled from reality in those things mm-hmm. and uh, and and gave a lot of the world in star wars um that that just that little those little touchstones those little pieces every so often
0: mm-hmm. So, this, this email, Mike, was from Jazz yeah. uh, Rathor. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you might, you might know this, this guy. Uh, he's been on uh, my other podcast a couple, I think, a couple times. Just a oh, g- yeah. great dude. Uh, fan, he, tons of knowledge on Star Wars. I mean, this guy is yeah. a, a, I think he's in the 501st. He's got tons of costumes, really good stuff. And yeah,
1: I, I think I met Jazz at one of the celebrations. You
0: probably did. Yeah, you probably I did. I think I did. I'm yeah. pretty sure
1: I did, because I'm pretty sure Chris introduced me to him. Yeah, he yeah That's he
0: knows. Yeah, we we saw him briefly at Fan Days, and I didn't get a chance to chat too much, I don't think, but I'm looking forward to seeing him mm-hmm. at Celebration Anaheim. He's, I, yes. I emailed him, and he said, yeah, he's going to be there, so look forward to seeing him there. But yeah, he's a big fan of the prequels, Jazz is. Big fan. I think his favorite movie is uh, Attack of the Clones, so all this, this – Clone Wars stuff is right up his alley, and he and he, he makes uh, note of a lot of the points that we made about this episode, Mike, about yeah. Yeah. about some of the Anakin stuff that we talked about. And I do have to say, he talked about the the beauty of the mountains and stuff like that, and also the way that they they animated this. I mean, at one point, you noticed that the characters, when they were outside, they were speaking speaking, and they had um, the you know like the breath. You could see their breath. Yeah. They were So just the detail like that, and then of course the whole planet. We talked about the planet. Uh, I think in the first episode about how it was another ice planet, but it was uh, just a gorgeous looking uh, planet. I uh, talked about uh, Anakin here, and, and of course what we've been talking about this scheme of, of Palpatine is just like we. I've said it this whole episode. I mean, it's just genius. I mean, this is this is the mastermind right here, and and like you said, Mike, it just gives that extra boost to the prequel trilogy this, this series does and this was what they wanted this series I think to do was to just to give that prequel trilogy some more oomph and, and yeah. some some backing and, and, and like he says about this fall by Anakin everybody, I always hear that Mike we've always heard that right Like yeah. episode 3 he fell too quick I don't get it how could he fall so quick well you watch the Clone Wars and, and it'll put you right there so great points by Jazz good dude <laughs> really knowledgeable I can't wait to see him at uh, Celebration Anaheim, so appreciate you writing in. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else we got, Mike? Is that it? Next, next episode, right? The, yeah, that 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 wraps it up. So I next our next episode of Frontlines is going to be talking about the Disappeared Part One. Yes, and uh, you have a you have a clip there. Yeah, here's a quick preview. Representative
0: Binks. Why would the Queen of Baldato request the presence of Jar, Jar Binks? I'm afraid she would not say. But she impressed upon the Senate the urgency of their situation. And what exactly is the trouble on Bodata? Several of the ancient mystics, the Dagoyan Masters, have disappeared. A strong connection to the Force, the Dagoyan Masters have. Yet, unlike the Jedi or Sith, they are warriors, they are not. Intuition, knowledge, the harmony of the universe is what they sense. Passively, they connect with the Force. I wonder why the Queen doesn't want a Jedi sent to solve this mystery. Long ago, inducted into the Jedi Order, Bardot and children were, however, thieves. The Jedi were named by the Dagoi.
1: The Dagoyan masters believed the Jedi took the children against their will. We were labeled as kidnappers.
0: Chancellor, am I- Well, Mike, so, you know, here's a tagline for the next, the peaceful world of Bardot it. And its mystic ways are threatened by the ancient prophecy, and its top spiritual leaders have vanished. Queen Julia of Bardotta calls for help from her most trusted friend in the Senate, Jar Jar Binks. Recognizing the importance of Bardotta's spiritual balance, the Jedi Council sends Mace Windu to accompany Binks and investigate. So I was really interested about this clip here, and I can't wait to see If you would have told me, Mike, that... We're gonna go from political episodes to charger episodes. I'd be like, "What are you talking about? How can season six be good? We're gonna do political and charger. Get out of here!" But <laughs> I think, uh, but I think it's good. You're gonna,
1: you're gonna be very pleasantly surprised yeah. by uh, by these first two episodes, especially I uh, if you if if you love the Temple of Doom, oh yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah you're really going to like this first episode. Yeah. Um, well,
0: listening if, to that uh, clip, I'm like, or maybe it's already. the
1: second episode. I can't remember. I'll off to, once I watch them again, I'll remember, mm-hmm. but, um, cause yeah. uh, again, I watched them all at once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this is kind of a blur, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, there's a definite Indiana Jones overtone. Okay. Uh, in this. Cool. And there's some really cool developments for Jar Jar's character okay. that I, that I think you'll get a kick out of. So we'll, uh,
0: yeah.
1: we'll get to talk about that. That'll be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, cause next week, We're going to be recording an episode of the Rebels Podcast, and uh, we'll hopefully have some special guests on that. So you'll have to tune in to that episode. Uh, That'll be our third episode of the Rebels Podcast. Uh, Episode 1 of Rebels uh, Prologue with Matt and I, Mm -hmm. and then uh, Episode 2 of the Rebels Prologue with uh, Steve and I, Steve Glosson of Geek Out Loud, uh, are both up on the feed. You can find that at rebelspodcast.com and uh, and on facebook facebook.com slash Rubbles podcast at Rubbles podcast on twitter um so you can find all those things uh head over there subscribe to that because that's what we're going to be doing next week with some special guests talk about the new trailer uh and uh, and some other rumors and speculation and the possibility that a classic trilogy main character yes. could be showing up in fact Maybe even two. Yes, Um, yes. So uh, lots to talk about over there on the Rebels podcast, so hopefully we will see you guys over there. But that's it for the Clovis Arc and this episode of Frontline the Clone Wars podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, username Clone Wars, and head over to Facebook to join the group, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. Uh, But that does it for us this week. We will see you guys back on Frontlines in two weeks. I See you guys soon. All right,
0: see you next time. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars Podcast strong with you all and it will be with you always